Welcome. In this year on Parsha's bow, I would like to focus on a group of psukim that are written after the Makas Choshech, after the Plague of Darkness, and on a Rashi comment on these psukim and on a Ranban. Following uh, Makas Choshech, we read as follows. Perik Yud, Pasuk Chavdalet. Vayikro Faroi El Moshe, Parai called to Moshe, Vayimer, and he said, Luchu Ivduas Hashem, go and serve Hashem. As we know, uh, going back to the original first time that Moshe Rabbeinu approached Pharaoh, he always said to him that, uh, please send out uh, my people so that they may serve Hashem in the Midbar. So here, Pharaoh, he agrees to it finally. He says, Luchu Ivduas Hashem, go serve Hashem. Rock only. Your, your flocks of sheep and your cattle shall stay in place. Do not take your sheep and cattle with you, which is something that Moshe Rabbeinu had requested earlier. But Paro is saying, no, you will not take, I will not allow you to take your sheep and your cattle with you. But your taf, your little children, they will go with you. Now, we'll, we're really coming in the middle of the story here, which we will come back to. But at this point in the story, Paro says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm not going to allow you to take your cattle out into the Midbar, which is something which you have requested, but I will allow you to take your children out with you, which also is something that you have requested. That request I am willing to grant. Moshe Rabbeinu responds in Pasuk Moshe, And Moshe said, even you are going to give into our hands uh, various kinds of korbanos. Zevach usually refers to a korban shlomim, a korban which uh, certain parts are put on the mizbeach, other parts are eaten by the kohanim, and even by the person who owns the korban. And oila refers to a burnt offering, a, a korban that is completely burnt up on the altar. Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, we're not leaving our cattle here. Even you are going to give into our hands various animals for korbanos. The asinu l'ashem elokeinu, and we will do, we will process these animals as korbanos for Hashem our God. Rashi comments here, gama toatitain, you also will give. Now, Rashi wants to explain the mafarshim tell us what is the word gam referring to. Gam also always means there was something else. What's the something else? Moshe only refers to one thing in this passage. He says basically one thing. You will give us korbanos and we will bring them to Hashem. Why does he begin with the word also? So Rashi says, It is not enough for you that our cattle will go with us, meaning not only are you going to allow us to bring all our cattle with us on our journey out into the Midbar, but also you from your own cattle, from your own property, you are going to give us animals to be brought as korbanos. Let's continue. Perik Moshe continues to talk. And also our mikne, our cattle will go with us. Not even one foot of an animal will remain in Egypt. Because from it, from our cattle, we will take animals in order to serve Hashem our God. 
we need those animals because we are going to bring them as uh, as korbanos to our God. And we can't only take a few because we don't know how we will serve Hashem or how much some of them, of course, should say. We don't know how much we need to serve Hashem. We don't know how many korbanos we are going to need to bring until we arrive there. So since we don't know how many animals as korbanos is going to tell us to bring, so therefore we have to bring all of our animals. Hashem strengthened Paroi's heart. He did not want, he did not agree to send the people out at all. In other words, Paroi heard these conditions that he not only has to, um, not only does he have to send the children, which he was willing to do, but he also has to send the Nei Yisrael with all of their cattle and sheep. And not only that, he has to provide some of them on his own. So he decided not to do it. And Farai said to him, meaning to Moshe, Go from upon me. Go away from me. Watch yourself. Do not continue to see my face. Meaning, don't come back. Because on the day of your seeing my face, meaning the day that you show up here again, and I have to look at you, Tomus, you will die. I'll have you put to death. And Moshe said, You have spoken correctly. You're telling me never to come back? You're right. I will not continue to see your face. This is the parsha, the, the selection of psukim that we're going to focus on. Now, Ramban raises a very important couple of very important questions on Pasuk Chavhei, where Moshe Rabbeinu says to Parai, You, Parai, are going to give us korbanais, and we will make them for Hashem. Let's read a little bit of the Ramban. Not everything, but we'll read it partially word for word. And Ban says, Moshe did not say this on condition of actually doing it. When he said to Paro, you're going to give us korbanos, and we're going to bring them to Hashem, he didn't really mean that they're going to bring Paro's korbanos to Hashem. Well, they also came Kalal, and he didn't do that at all. In the end, they didn't bring Paro's animals as korbanos. Rather, these are words of chizok. These are words of encouraging Paro. Yoimar, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to Parai, Ki sikhbad ma'oid yad Hashem olav v'yalamay, the hand of Hashem will be very heavy upon you, Parai, and upon your people, ad ki gamzvachem v'oilais v'chol asher lo yitin v'adnapshay, to the point that even korbanais and anything that you have, you will be willing to give in order to rescue yourself, to rescue your life. Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, eh, you're going to be so desperate to be rescued from the punishment of Hashem, that you would even be willing to give us korbanos. You would even be willing to participate in our service to a Kaddish world. But of course, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't really mean that the B'nai Yisrael were going to accept it and that they were actually going to bring korbanos um, from Pare's property. And Ramban continues, 
that we find later when Makas Bechoros hit, when the plague of the firstborn began, that Parai sought out Moshe and he told him, okay, that's it, I give up, you can leave. And he said to them, and please bless me also. So the Ramban says that when he said, bless me also, he was saying, I'm willing to give you all of my cattle, just that it should be a korban and that it should be an atonement for me. But, says Ramban, really, Moshe Rabbeinu never considered the possibility of making what the Ramban calls Zevach Rishoyim To'eva, which is a Pasuk in Mishlei. The Korban, the sacrifice of evil people, is a To'eva, it's an abomination. So Ramban is saying that really, of course Moshe Rabbeinu didn't intend to bring Pare's animals as a Korban, because the Pasuk in Mishlei tells us, you're not supposed to do that. Korban that comes from an evil person is an abomination. And also, the Ramban now says a second point, Ki Hashem chafetz dako. Hashem wanted to push down Paro. Hashem wanted to afflict Paro. Lo Not to atone for him. Rak Hashem only wanted to punish Paro. To crush them and, 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 uh, and destroy them in the Yamsuf. So therefore, Based on two questions, Ramban says that it couldn't actually be that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to actually bring these korbanis. He was just saying, you're going to be so desperate, you're going to offer it to us. Let's review the two questions before we continue a little bit more in the Ramban. His first question is, it says in Mishlei, Zevach Rishoyim Toyeva, the korban of a Russia is an abomination. So it couldn't be that Moshe Rabbeinu really wanted to bring korbanos from Paro's flocks. And secondly, why would Moshe Rabbeinu want to offer to Paro the opportunity to bring korbanos, which would be an atonement, but we know that that's the, the, the whole thrust of all, the, all, all of these narratives here in Parshas Ba'era and Parshas Bo, going back even to Parshas Shemot, is that Hashem is not, not uh, so interested in accepting Paray's tshuva and, and atoning for him and, and pardoning him, Hashem wants to make Paray suffer. Now, Ramban raises a question on himself. His question is that on that Pasuk, later on, by Marcus Bechorus, where Paray says, um, he says, uh, you will bless even me. So it says there, Let's read the full Pasuk. It says that it says, kasher dibartan, as you spoke. Now, in the Mechilta de Rabbi Yishmol, which is the, the primary, one of the primary Midrashim on Sefer Shamos, the Mechilta says that when Paray said, kasher dibartan, as you spoke, those words, as you spoke, are a reference to what it says in our Pasuk here, So in other words, Parai did offer his korbanas. 
He said, please, I'll, I'll let you go. I, everybody can go. The children can go. The elder people, older people can go. The, all the animals can go. And please bless me. And Kasha Dibartham, everything can be like what you said. And the Mechilta says, what does that mean? Like you said, as you said, that even the, what you said to me, that which you said to me, that I will give korbanais, I'm doing that too. So it sounds like from the Mechilta that Pare did give korbanais. So Ranban says, well, maybe we can say that Pare was offering the korbanais, but Moshe Rabbeinu didn't take them. Doesn't say, and Paro gave Corbanus and Moshe Rabbeinu accepted them and brought them. It just says that, that Paro was willing to. So maybe Paro was willing. said, here's the key to my, my corral. Take them all if you want as Corbanus. And Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, thank you. Or, Ramban suggests that maybe, Zvachim v'oyleis lahem kebeshi yetsu. Maybe what Paro meant was, I am offering to you my animals to you, uh, they're like korbanos to you, Klai Yisrael, in order that you should leave. But not that we should be makriv, that we should bring these korbanos on his behalf. In other words, he was giving them like gifts to the Klai Yisrael. I'm in such a hurry to get video here, take everything and go. So, this is the Ramban. Now, if we go back to the Rashi that we read before, I don't think Rashi is saying like Ramban. It's not explicit. I wouldn't say Rashi explicitly disagrees, but I think it would be difficult to say that he is agreeing on the words Gama in Rashi says Rashi really addresses a different point, but he says it's not enough that our cattle will go with us. Of course, we're going to do that, even though you don't want it. But we're going to do that. But you also will give korbanis. Now, to say that Rashi really agrees with Ramban, that Moshe Rabbeinu never, never intended to, to, uh, to accept these korbanis and to bring them on Paro's behalf, I think that would be a very big stretch in Rashi. Rashi doesn't say that. Secondly, if we go to the other Pasuk that Ramban quotes, which is in Perik Yud base, Pasuk Lamed base, after Makas Bechoros begins, Pare goes and he finds Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says to him, Gam seinchem, gam bekarchem, kechu, your, cat, your sheep and your cattle take, as you spoke, v'leichu, and go, v'leichem gam oisi, and bless me also. So Rashi there says, Gam seinchem, gam be, uh, Rashi says, gam gam Take your sheep and your cattle. And Rashi says, umahu bartem. What does it mean, kasher bartem? That's an extra phrase. Okay, you said already. Paro, Paro said, take your cattle, take your sheep. What does it mean, as you spoke? So Rashi says, that's adding something. What is it adding? That's referring to what Paro said. To what Moshe said, that that you're going to give us korbanos. Rashi says, "Kichu uh, kasher dibartem." Take as you spoke. Take the the korbanos from me that you requested, and go. So again, 
Rashi's really quoting the Mechilta that we mentioned before. It does not sound like that, that Rashi uh, holds like Ranban. If, if Rashi would have would have uh, had the opinion like the Ranban, he, he should have said so, that really nobody intends to take Korbanas from Paro. It sounds in simplicity like Paro is offering animals to Moshe Rabbeinu to be brought as Korbanas, and why should we say that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't agree to it? Moshe Rabbeinu told him that he would do that, and in addition, even if we'll say that, well, maybe you can squeeze it into Rashi, there are Mephoshim who say clearly that Moshe Rabbeinu took these korbanos and he brought them. The, the Ibn Ezra, in what's called his Perush Akatsu, he wrote two Perushim on, on Sefer Shmois. This one is referred to as the shorter Perush. But there he says that there is a Yesh Imrim, there is an opinion that says, Shenasan Lahem Bitsesam. Haroi gave to he gave to Klai Yisrael animals for korbanos when they left, and this is what it means. You will bless me, also. The question I would like to raise is, how those who disagree with the Ramban, such as Ibn Ezra, and such as it would appear from Rashi, how do they answer? Ranban's two questions. First of all, Ranban's question of, based on the Pesach and Mishli, Zevach Rishoim that the Korban of an evil person is an abomination, is, I think, not as obvious as it might seem. I mean, that seems like a very strong question. Uh, how could Maishu Rabbeinu actually suggest that he's going to bring Korbanas provided by Parai Pasuk says you're not allowed to take korbanos from an evil person. Well, it would appear that that's not really a halacha, that we that we cannot accept a, pus, a, a korban from an evil person. I mean, we don't find that in all of the uh, Mishnayas in, in, in Seder Kodshem. I can't claim to have learned all of the Gemara in Seder Kodshem, but I've learned many of the Gemaras. I have learned all of the Mishnayas. It does not say in the Mishnayas on, on, on Seder Kodshem that uh, that when someone brings a korban, we we uh, we have to investigate him. We have to check his sitzis. We have to make sure he's uh, he's a righteous person. Korbanos are often brought by a person who is not so righteous, who has sinned, and he has to bring a korban. And furthermore, even non-Jews are allowed to bring korbanos in the base of Mikdash, as Rashi mentions in Chumash. Um, do we have to? Do we have to check? Did this person ever do a vaydezora? Does this person intend to go back and do a vaydezora? But he just wants to give a gift to Hashem. Also, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think there's a halacha that we actually have to uh, investigate that. Probably what Ranban means by the question is, why would Moshe Rabbeinu request a korban from a Russia? But already the, 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 the kashi is a little bit softened. But I think the real key to answering these questions is a Midrash Rabbah. The Midrash Rabbah on this Pasuk that we are discussing, where Moshe Rabbeinu uh, tells Parag that you, Parag, are going to give us korbanos, the Midrash Rabbah says as follows. By Yemer Moshe, Moshe said to Parag, 
you, Farai, are, are going to give into our hands. Zvachim and Oilis, different kinds of korbanas. Um, so now the Midrash comments. Amalei Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Farai, Loi tehei savur, she'anu nizbach mishalanu kulam. Don't think that we are going to uh, sacrifice our own animals exclusively. There's a question here about the proper text in the Midrash. Some of them, of course, anyway, say this word klum should really be kulam. Those who are interested could look into the into the Midrash with the Mepharshim. I'm going to explain it this way. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Parai, don't think that all of the korbanas are going to be our own. But you also are going to put into our hands zvachim and oilis, different kinds of korbanas, that we will bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on your name. Now, what is that saying? What I think it's saying is, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Parai, you will provide the animals, but we, we will bring the korbanis to Hashem. We will bring them. We will be the owners and the bringers of this carbon, but it will be al shemecha. It will be, let's say, with a prayer for you. But it will be our carbon. I think what the midrash is saying is, there's a difference between haray offering a carbon. That might be a problem. Haray, haray coming to the base of mikdash and say, bring this carbon for me. Coming to the there was no base of Mikdash here, but Haray coming to the Mizbeach of Hashem, which was going to be established at Har Sinai. If Paray would walk up with an animal, we might tell him, "Sorry, you're a Russia. You're 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 not you're not welcome here." But if Paray gives us an animal, and we are koina, we accept the animal, we acquire it. It is now the property of Klal Yisrael, and now Klal Yisrael brings this animal as a korban to Hashem, with a thought, having in mind that this is, that, that, that this should, uh, this should in some way help Parai, that is different. That we could do. I think that answers the question from the Fosik, Zevach Rishoyim Toevo. And the, and the, the other question Ritman raises that why would Moshe Rabbeinu suggest that the Parai bring a korban and gain atonement? But this doesn't Hashem, Ramban says, Hashem chafetz dako, Hashem wants to push down Parai and not to atone for him. Well, that, that also is not so simple because perhaps this that Hashem wants to punish Parai is only if he does not do tshuva. But if he does, if he would provide animals for korbanis, maybe, he might be forgiven. The truth is we see that Pare survived Marcus Bukhairais, as Rashi mentions in a Pusik later, Perik Yud base, Lamed base. Rashi mentions that even though Pare himself was a firstborn child, but he survived Marcus Bukhairais. We also find um, in a Medrash, not quoted by Rashi, but a famous well-known Medrash, that Pare survived Prius Yamsu. There says, <laughs> not even one mystery remained, but the Midrash 
expounds, it means but one person was meant, but one person was saved. And who was that one person? It was Parai. And the Midrash tells us something uh, rather amazing that uh, many, many, many years later, uh, that this Parai, he went and he became the king of the city of Nineveh. And many, many years later, HaKadosh Baruch who sent the Navi, Yonah, to announce to the people of Nineveh that they are sinful and that they are going to be destroyed. And the king of Nineveh got up and he told everybody to fast and to, and to do tshuva, and they were saved. Okay, there's a, there's a technical problem. That was hundreds of years later. Do you really mean that Parai lived so long? Putting that question aside, but what is that Midrash telling us? That Parai did do tshuva. He did learn his lesson ultimately, and he was able to save the whole city of Nineveh because of his tshuva, because of his recognition of a Kaddish Baruch. So just to say, you know, how could Moshe Rabbeinu ask Paro for Kabbonis? Doesn't a Kaddish Baruch want to destroy Paro? Well, it's not so simple. We don't find that a Kaddish Baruch Dafka only exclusively wanted to destroy Paro. These are perhaps uh, answers to Ramban's questions on Rashi and on Ibn Ezra, who say that Paro, in fact, did offer Kobanais to, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that Moshe Rabbeinu took them, and that they were actually brought uh, in some form on his behalf. A different question that I'd like to address is why is it that we find that here, in this narrative, that Parai lost, completely lost his patience with Moshe Rabbeinu and told him, don't ever come see me again. As we read in, in Perak Yod Pasek Havchetz, Parai said to Moshe, Leich me'alai, go away from me. Be careful, be careful that you never come back, you never continue to see my face. On the day that you see my face, Tomus, you will die. Uh, there were many other makais and many other disagreements with Moshe Rabbeinu, but Pare never said, get out, never come back. Only here. Why is that? Perhaps on a simple level, we can say that what Pare was upset about in particular was Moshe Rabbeinu's suggestion that he himself, Parai, would give korbonais to Hashem. said, you're going to give korbonais, and we will bring them to Hashem our God. It could be that that particularly upset Parai. Up until now, the question was, the request was, okay, let my people go and serve Hashem in the Midbar. Okay, Parai said, no, no, no. After a while, he softened a little bit. He said, you can go, but not the children. Then he said, okay, the children could go, but not the animals. But it's still a more or less, the request of Parah is that he just allow something to happen. Not that he be an active participant. But here Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, no, you're going to become an active participant in our service to our God? That perhaps enraged Parah. Me? I'm going to serve your, your blank, blank, God that I don't believe in, that's the end. 
that's you, 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 you. That's the straw that breaks the camel's back. I can't do that. I will not be a partner. Perhaps I will passively allow you to go and do your nonsense out in the midbar, but I will not be an active partner in your service to Hashem. Of course, the way we are understanding it, even according to Ramban, in the end, he relented and he at least offered to do so. Whether Moshe Rabbeinu accepted the offer or not is not relevant to this point. That's what I would think perhaps is the, the simple explanation. There is a fascinating explanation from Malbin. We find that spread out over the psukim of Makas Arbe and Makas Choshech and, and Arbe, we find a sort of a running conversation, a running disagreement between Parai and Moshe Rabbeinu regarding who is going to go to, out to the Midbar. Hold on one second. We find in Perik Yud, Pasik Ches, that Pare called in Moshe and Aaron after a whole bunch of Makais, and he said to them, L'chu ivdu es Hashem alokeichem, go serve Hashem your God. Okay, I'll let you go. Mi vami aholchim. Who and who are the ones who are going? Who's going? I once heard a sort of a whimsical, humorous explanation that Parah was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, you win. You really want to go? Why don't you go poll your people and see how many people are willing to go? There are probably nine-tenths of them don't even want to go. So the whole thing's going to fall apart. Who really who really wants to go out to the Midbar and serve Hashem? You know, most people don't really, they don't really want to go to Shul. They don't really want to bring Korbanais. They'd rather stay home and do nothing. Okay, that's a joke. But the Malbim explains, why is Paro asking this question? Who's going? You know, who's going? We're going. I should have said My people, I want my people to be able to go out into the Midbar. What is this question? Who's going? And Moshe Rabbeinu there answers, We're going to go with our youths and with our elders, with our sons, with our daughters, with our sheep, with our cattle, we will go. Because this is a festival to Hashem. Everybody's gone. And Paro responded, Paro said to them, Let Hashem be with you like this. If I will send you out together with your children, there's going to be an evil in front of your face. In other words, okay, you can go, but I'm not sending your children. Now, what, what's the, as we would say in Gemara language, what's the shock libertarian? What, what's being negotiated over here? Para wanted to know exactly who's going. Moshe Rabbeinu said, everybody, children of all ages and all the animals. And, and Para says, oh no, I'm not sending the children. We find later a similar um, discussion between Para and Moshe Rabbeinu. In Perik Yud, Pasek Chavdalet, Paro says, 
Perikyut Pasuk Haftalit, Pare calls to Moshe and he says to him, L'chum ibduis Hashem, go serve Hashem, Raksenchem uvakarchem yutzog, your sheep and your cattle, they have to stay. They're going to stay here in Mitzrayim. Gamtapchem yelechimachem, but your children can go with you. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, everyone is going. So here Paro changed his tune. Again, going back to, to Perik Yud, Pasek number nine, Pasek Tes. Moshe Rabbeinu told Paro, everybody's going. The old, the young, the children, the animals. And Paro said, I'm not, no, it's fine, but I'm not sending the children. You cannot send the children. Later, on another occasion, Paro said the other way around. He said, I'll send the children, but not the animals. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, the animals have to go also. What are they arguing about exactly? So Malbin explains as follows. There was a belief in ancient times, perhaps there's still such a belief, called dualism. Dualism was a belief that there is a God who is beneficent and does all of the good things in the world. And there is another God, another force in the universe, who is responsible for all of the negative things, who is responsible for punishing and for and for withholding good and for and for causing plagues and famines and earthquakes, etc. Two forces that run the universe as a team. And this is what Hare believed in. Now, the belief was that when you go, when you want to appease the Kayahara, when you want to make peace with the force of evil, you bring korbanas, you bring animal sacrifices, but you don't bring your children because it's dangerous. You're going to, to try to connect with the force of evil in the universe the force of punishment, you don't want the little children to get hurt. So in Pusik, in Perik Yud, Pusik Yud, Pare thought that the reason that, that the Bnei Yisrael wanted to go out into the Midbar and to bring Korbanis is because uh, perhaps they're, they're afraid that for some reason the force of evil is going to punish them. And therefore he said, okay, I mean, it took many makas, it took a lot of banging over the head until he even came to this amount of concession but he finally conceded he said look all right you really want to go out into the midbar and bring korbanis to to god to the to the forces that rule the universe because you're afraid that the force of punishment is going to punish you all right take your animals your children don't go because you don't need children out there it's not the derrick to bring children out there if you bring your children out there that shows that you're a liar and you're just trying to run away don't bring your children of course, Moshe Rabbeinu answered, sorry, everybody's gone. Later, in Perik Yud Pasik Dalit, Paray changed his mind. He said, you know, maybe what these people really want to do is they want to rejoice with the Kayach They want to have a celebration with the, with the good God, with the God who, provide, who is beneficent and who provides people with everything they, they need. Now, when people went and made a festival with the, the forces of good, they did not bring korbanas, they didn't bring sacrifices, but they did bring all of their people. They brought their wives, their children, everybody goes because it's a celebration, it's a party. The whole family celebrates together. So in Perik Yud, Pasuk Dalit, 
Pare thought that they were going, the reason they wanted to go into the Midbar was to rejoice with the Kayach And therefore he said, okay, your children, they can go. That's fine. That's, that's understandable. But your animals, they're staying here. Because you don't need sacrifices out there to rejoice with the powers of good. Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, we need both. In Pasuk Yud, in Perik Yud, Pasuk Kofei. The Malbim explains that at this point, Paro was completely confused. Well, what do these people want? Are they going to bring a korban to the Kayach Okay, they should, they should be happy to be able to take all their animals. The children they should take here. Are they going to have a celebration with the Kayach Then they should be satisfied that I'm letting them take their children, but they should leave their animals here. I can't figure out what, what's, what's going on with these people. And therefore, Pare concluded that Moshe Rabbeinu is not really a shliach from this god called Hashem, that is called the Yudke Vavke. Moshe Rabbeinu was overstepping his mission. Moshe Rabbeinu is some sort of a charlatan. He's, he's asking for too much. He's asking for something that could not be what his god wants. His god either wants korbanais to prevent evil, or he wants to see the children because they're celebrating. They can't want both. At this point, Paro was so upset and so confused and so convinced that Moshe Rabbeinu is, is playing with him that he finally said, get out and don't come back. I'm uh, summarizing quite a bit. Those who are interested can take a look at the Malban. If you go all the way back to Perik Yud Pasik Chavches, you will begin to see where the Malban begins to discuss this, and then going all the way to the end of this story, uh, on every few psukim, the Malbim adds on, but all on this same theme.